What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Press This WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes or iHeartRadio or download episodes at webmasterradio.fm. In this episode of Press This, we're going to be getting the inside scoop on everything Gutenberg with uh, infamous core contributor, Daniel Bachhuber. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me today. Awesome. You know, I brutalized your last name. I think every episode of Press This this year, I'm um, talking about Gutenberg and what's going on. So I'm glad I, I nailed it here for, for your first time on the show. Hey, there's always a first. Awesome. Awesome. So joining us as well for this episode is Anthony Burchell. Anthony's on the WP Engine team focusing on our contributions to WordPress core. Um, Anthony joins us from episodes here and there um, to talk to guests, areas he knows a lot about. So Anthony, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Anthony, that wasn't a very resounding, hey, how's it going? We'll have to do a much more boisterous one next time. But uh, again, Daniel, thanks for joining us. And what we ended to do today was to spend a little time understanding what's going on in Gutenberg and just generally about you and your contributions to open source. So, Daniel, you know, I know a lot of people in the community know who you are, know kind of what you what you do. Uh, but maybe you give us a little background on, on where you came from and, and generally what you're doing in the community. Sure. So I'm calling in today from Tualatin, Oregon, which is just outside of Portland. I've been working with WordPress now for about over 10 years, I guess, been quite a while. And I started out like many people did, just you know, hacking together a WordPress site and a theme and uh, have worked professionally in many different areas of the community. I worked for the WordPress.com VIP team 
for a couple of years. I worked for the CUNY Graduate School of Journalism, which had large WordPress multi-site installation. Worked for another agency called Human Made, and I've been working for myself now for, for a few years. Uh, specific to the WordPress project, I've contributed in many different ways uh, as time has progressed. More recently, I was a maintainer of WPCLI, which is WordPress's command line interface. And I've since stepped back away from that uh, in December and have been spending more time with Gutenberg. Awesome. Good little rundown there for those not familiar with you. And, you know, I've known you, I guess, now for a little about a year and a half, almost two years. And I know you've had background going back 10 years. And I think one of the things that's been uh, most amazing for me is really the velocity and, and energy you bring to open source contributions. How do you find so much time to do this stuff? Like, uh, don't, don't you have to pay your bills and, and do other work? Like, what? What is? How, how do you find so much time to get back to WordPress? Sure. So it certainly started out that I was doing a lot of it, just volunteering of my own, you know, free time. I think, like many people, you you get interested in something, it becomes a bit of a passion topic, and it becomes all-consuming, for better or for worse. Um, more recently, you know, for instance, my time with Gutenberg is sponsored by WP Engine. I'm fortunate to have that financial backing. Last year was the first year that the WPCLI project had formal support, and so that was able to um, fund myself and another guy by the name of Elaine uh, to work on the project part-time. Um, and that funding is actually running through 2018 as well. Um, and, and prior to that, I think it was a lot of hard-learned lessons in time management in the sense that it's very easy in open source to overcommit yourself and to overextend yourself and to get to a point where, you know, because you've committed to doing so much, it's hard to be effective at doing anything. And it's the classic example of uh, a prod, you know, some area of work where there's an infinite amount of work. There's literally an infinite amount of work that could be done on WordPress, right? And so if you take it upon yourself to try to do all that work, you're going to not progress very far and then uh, burn out. And I think that's, you know, it's really important uh, in working in open source and, you know, a lesson that many people learn the hard way is, you know, picking your priorities, focusing on, you know, what you think that you can um, have the most impact on and really, you know, balancing the time that you commit to it, you know, keeping track of your time and um, making sure that you're not over committing yourself. I think it's interesting when I hear people talk about their contribution strategy. Um, everybody wants to contribute the next WizBing feature, but I think understanding how much work is behind that and then how much work is behind maintaining that, I think is a, something a lot of people don't think about, um, but is super important. I think it's also interesting to hear you talk about you seeking sponsorships for work. And I think that is kind of interesting from both sides. Right? I think as a contributor, you're like, where do I find the time and how do I still find the time and pay my bills? You know, and I'm really interested in the way you, you kind of went out and uh, worked with others to find sponsors to help you spend that time and, and still fulfill kind of your financial obligations to your life and your family and all that other kind of stuff. And I think it's interesting from the contributor's perspective to say, hey, look, this is an outlet for me so I can contribute more if I can find these sponsorships. But I think it's also interesting to think about it through the lens of companies that might want to give back that might not have the time to give actual code or maybe even the position within the open source uh, WordPress community to have that code even accepted. 
Um, but to know that there's an outlet to say, hey, look, there's people out there working on important things and we can give money to those things and those developers to help further that along. Um, I just saw that as an interesting opportunity on both sides. How do you think about that, Daniel? Certainly. So I think one great way for, I mean, is what Matt Moldwig presented a few years back, uh, this concept of five for the future, which is, you know, an idea that companies and individuals should contribute 5% of their time to the WordPress project in order to make sure it's, you know, lasting institution uh, for the long term. Uh, for individuals, though, that's only two hours a week and, you know, eight hours a month, maybe. But if you're involved in any of the core teams and there's a meeting once a week, well, that's half the time that you might contribute. And so while 5% may seem like a lot, it's also not a ton of time uh, to accomplish anything really significant. You know, big projects require, you know, big blocks of, of committed time. And so I think that I think for the project on a whole, labor participation on many different levels is really important and that the project really benefits from, you know, small amounts of time for a varied number of contributors. But there's this entire spectrum of how much time people spend on the project and how involved they are. And, you know, managing that on a whole is, is, is quite challenging for the project. Um, another... Yeah, I'm sorry to cut you off there, Daniel, but I actually had a question kind of leading into our, our next topic and really kind of more of the focus of the show, kind of switching gears here to Gutenberg. I think you gave some really good insights into how people think about contributing. Maybe we get back to that a little later. But I'm just curious, you know, I've got this question here, like, what do you think about the current state of Gutenberg? And the way I've seen it is there's kind of three uh, zones of thought. There's, it's great, I can't wait for it to come out, and it's going to break everything. And uh, I don't know, I'm going to wait and see. How do you view, like, what's the, what is your temperature for the current state of the Gutenberg update? I really like how it's, how ambitious it is. Yeah, sorry, I really like how ambitious ambitious it is. <laughs> here, here we are recording the day after Memorial Day weekend. Um, and, and it's really fun for me to participate in from the perspective of, you know, I've been involved in the WordPress community for over a decade now. And if you look back at kind of the, the improvements to the core product that have been made over the last five years, in some, in some senses, they pale in comparison to Gutenberg. You know, it's like everything we've been doing for the last five years just kind of <laughs> doesn't mean a whole lot in comparison to how ambitious Gutenberg is. So with ambition comes a lot of risk. Uh, you know, there's a lot of potential upside, you know, a lot of benefits. It's, you know, completely rethinking the editor experience. It introduces new user experience um, and new developer APIs and so on and so forth. But, you know, there's downside risk too, you know, it could go awfully and what does that mean uh, for the WordPress ecosystem? So my own relationship to the project, uh, you know, I, I came off, you know, work on WPCLI. It was like, I want to take on, you know, kind of a, a really hard problem. And, you know, it came to me, it was so obvious that, you know, Gutenberg, this seems like a really hard problem. Uh, you know, specifically at that point, um, working from the perspective of the majority of WordPress users should be able to use Gutenberg on day one and just the logistical challenge of making that possible is death by a million paper cuts pretty much. 
I think it's a pretty good summary of that. Uh, it's really interesting to hear you talk about it in terms of it's um, really a pillar in, in the evolution of WordPress because I, I consider WPCLI and the introduction of it as one of the, the big pillars uh, uh, in the evolution of WordPress. Uh, but you're right, Gutenberg is, is, of all the things in the past, REST and API and even custom post types, it's really a fundamental difference in the way um, the edit experience works in WordPress. I don't know if we've seen anything that large um, really in the history of it. So uh, I want to unpack this a little bit because behind this are things like testing and compatibility. And I know that's something you've spent a lot of time thinking about and working on. Everybody hang tight. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. St. Jude continues to advance by increasing cure rates in childhood cancer. And donors are important to us because you get the feeling that you have a team behind you. When it comes to research and advancements, there are some things that only we can do because we have the resources and we have the focus. And so if St. Jude doesn't do it, who will? St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Blog. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're the talk of the town. WebmasterRadio.fm. Thanks for listening. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Let's press forward with more Press This only on WebmasterRadio.fm. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Press This WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. We're here interviewing Daniel Bachhuber about Gutenberg and open source contributing. And right before the break, uh, Daniel, you were kind of giving us your little temperature of where you thought the Gutenberg project was in terms of it's a bold move, there's risks on the upside, or opportunities on the upside, risks on the downside. Um, so I guess where the rubber meets the road, I'm kind of curious, you know, we've got Anthony Burchell also here on the show. Anthony, I know you've been involved with for example, WP Engine strategy route rolling out Gutenberg. What questions do you have for Daniel around testing and all the things he's been working on? Yeah, so uh, I saw that you were working on uh, like the plugin comp- compatibility database, um, and and I know that project had a, a, a lot of cool contributions. and uh, And I, I wonder how how can we? I'm not I'm not sure the status of that project. Uh, I was curious what what what's going on there and how how people can get active in testing. Sure. So even taking a step back, the idea behind this plugin compatibility database is to take the 5,000 most popular WordPress.org plugins and quantify whether or not they're compatible with Gutenberg. You know, compatible means yes, an end WordPress user can perform the same kind of functional tasks uh, with Gutenberg active as, as with Gutenberg inactive, or incompatible means that you know it when the plugin when Gutenberg's active, then the plugin um, you know, doesn't work fully with Gutenberg. Uh, and, you know, so the goal for having this data was to be able to quantify 
compatibility as it relates to site compatibility. So any any given site might have a, a dozen or more active WordPress plugins. And if any one of them is incompatible with Gutenberg, then the entire site conceivably is incompatible with Gutenberg. Uh, so you know the whole goal is to take a very numer numerical statistics-based approach to determining what what percentage of the WordPress ecosystem is ready to to be using Gutenberg. And I think the challenge that we've run into predominantly is just it requires a lot of time to do all of this testing, particularly as new Gutenberg versions are released and new plugin versions are released. And so we haven't really seen the total amount of data collected, um, uh, you know, get to a point where, where, you know, it's useful in that statistical manner. It has proved to be valuable in some kind of shorter term uh, ways in the, in the sense that we can look at you know, incompatibilities that people are reporting and either, you know, it's a new incompatibility that we should have awareness to or it falls within some existing, um, you know, classification of, of incompatibilities. And I think that at this point, the, the next step really for that plugin incompatibility database is to incorporate it into WordPress.org in some manner so it gets greater visibility and is easier for end users to report whether or not plugins are compatible with Gutenberg. Now doing something like this is fraught with a hundred different challenges that are non-technical. You know, building the web interface itself would be quite simple, but making sure it's localized to as many languages that WordPress.org supports and making sure that all that phrasing of the localization is mm, kind of non uh, what's the best way? You know, we we we'd want to approach a project like this from a purely research perspective and not a blame the plugin author for their plugin being incompatible and that's sort of a, thing. But there's just a, a lot of nuances like that that we'd need to work out in order to make it a part of WordPress.org. That's a tricky thing, right? Because this is fundamentally the, the data you're collecting is, is essentially crowdsourced, right? People are testing, reporting right. back that there's an error. They're doing it at different versions of Gutenberg. The user's perception of how the plugin would work is part of their determination about whether or not it does. And then when they flag it at any moment in time, the developer could roll in the next day and fix it, or the next version of Gutenberg could come out and, and address the issues flagged in it. So you're right. It's, it's not an easy problem to solve for. Um, so let me ask, the, ask this question. You mentioned that the next step would perhaps to be, for example, to roll it into org. Do you think that people should stop contributing to the, the database or do you think they should wait or is now a good time to do it because the core team can use it and the plugin authors can use it? Like, what are your thoughts on contributing? Certainly. I haven't been accepting new account registrations in the last couple of weeks in part because I want to make sure that expectations are managed. And the participation rate that I've seen with the prior you know accounts I have accepted, someone will test for a couple of days and then they um, you know quickly uh, burn out and stop. So it's not something that I'm kind of actively promoting or actively encouraging. Now, if someone wanted to dive right in and do a whole lot of testing, I'm sure that there would be some value in that. But I think that there's also more value in other aspects of the Gutenberg project.
contributing to other aspects of the Gutenberg project. Right? Yeah, there's you know there's other avenues, of course. You can of course test your own plugins, which you should do anyways, relative to the Gutenberg release. Report errors back to the plugin authors and report them back to the core team so they can address common issues. So it's not like you don't have an outlet if you discover things in your own testing. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how this project evolves. So. Um, that's testing for plugins in the WordPress word repo, but you've also published some content, a guide recently around how people might approach um, Gutenberg compatibility testing within their own site, within their own technology stack, their own plugins and themes and so on and so forth. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that and how people might use it? Sure. So I created this GitHub repo called the, the Gutenberg Migration Guide. And the idea there is to document all the kind of classic integration points that you might use to uh, customize the WordPress Classic Editor and whether or not they have Gutenberg equivalents and if they do, what that Gutenberg equivalent might be. It's meant as kind of, well, taking a step back, one of the challenges that we're wrestling with right now is backwards compatibility, right? WordPress has existed for a long time committed to backwards compatibility. And it's still committed to backwards compatibility. And Gutenberg will break backwards compatibility in some ways. And this is very much an art, not a science, of figuring out strategically where it's acceptable to break backwards compatibility because there's reasonable alternatives, or the, the break itself is, is minimal. Or, you know, this break is actually too significant and we need to build some interim, you know, kind of work around for it or, or mitigate it in some way. And so this GitHub repo, it's on my personal GitHub account. I'm sure we can link to it in the show notes. Uh, again, it's another attempt at crowdsourcing this data, getting, you know, users, WordPress plugin authors, enterprise WordPress developers to document the different ways that they've integrated with the classic editor in the past and what solution they've found for, you know, performing the equivalent functionality uh, within Gutenberg. And that's coming along. I'm also using it as my own kind of internal notebook uh, for the work that I'm doing on Gutenberg itself. And for me personally, the my, my focus right now is trying to really wrap my head around every kind of last little detail about Gutenberg from the perspective of you know, at some point in the near future, there's going to be a merge proposal for Gutenberg, and that's going to, you know, itemize, you know, here's everything that Gutenberg is, you know, here's some what of what it might be in the future, but it's not going to be now, and here's our path from where we are now to Gutenberg landing in WordPress 5.0. And I want to make sure that all of our I's and are dotted and T's are crossed when we pr produce that merge proposal. And that all of these little, you know, for instance, one issue I was just looking at right now is there's a constant called concatenate scripts that WordPress supports uh, for disabling or enabling uh, script concatenation. And, you know, is Gutenberg going to support that or not? And, you know, if so, how will that work? There's just, you know, there's a million little details like, like that right now. And I'm trying to get my head around all of them to make sure that they're addressed in some manner before the merge proposal is put forth. Yeah. Now, once the merge proposal happens, very shortly after that, there will be a uh, try Gutenberg 
call out widget in the WordPress dashboard. And, and all this goes to, uh, it's important for me to say, this is all me reading the tea leaves. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm privy to some information, but not a ton of information. I don't know what's going on in Matt's head, but this is kind of my read of the game plan um, so far. But yeah. it'll be, you know, the merge proposal and then, you know, this try Gutenberg call to action in the WordPress dashboard. That's going to drive a lot more user adoption of Gutenberg. Uh, for better or for worse. And I want to make sure that we are in a very, 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 very good position to handle all of that user feedback when it comes, because I think that that is, again, another point at which that will make or break Gutenberg on a whole. That's, uh, yeah, a lot, lots going on there. Feedback, uber, uber important, especially along the way. Now, one of the things in your guide, Daniel, was a, a list of filters and um, I try to remember exactly what the list was comprised of, the types of things, but they were essentially signals. You were saying, hey, if you're using these uh, filters or actions within your themes and plugins, these are the things to watch out for with Gutenberg compatibility. Um, do you feel it's a solid list, or do you feel like there's a lot of false positives people will see? Like, What, what do you think about using that list to try to flag things in your uh, stack that might be problematic? I think it's getting there, certainly. Part of it, how I'm qualifying it is just based off of reports that I'm seeing. So if I see a new report, I'll include the information here. But for a lot of these, you know, the same issue kind of gets reported over and over again. And I'm hoping that, you know, eventually this, it, you know, if, if it's not going to be 100% conclusive, this list that we're producing with the migration guide could cover, you know, 80% of incompatibilities, and we could write some scripts around it to, you know, provide site owners with a way of scanning their site uh, to see whether it's Gutenberg compatible and that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm thinking a very cut. Yeah, I was going to say, we've looked into that a little bit on our side saying, well, can we, can we script this out? And, and the false positives I think was the, was the concern there. But I think it's, it felt like at least as a signal to say, Hey, make sure these things are functioning um, that, that it seemed like a good list. So I was just curious, you know, how you thought about that. Um, but why don't we do this? We'll take a quick break and we get back. I want to explore a little bit more about that with you, Daniel. So everybody hang tight and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on air or on demand from our website or through iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. Interact and stay informed. Just search for WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome to the Webmaster Institute for Financial Advancement, webmasterradio.fm. It's like radio with a PhD. Webmasterradio.fm, we're everywhere. 
Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Press This WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. Right before the break, we were talking to Daniel Bachhuber about Gutenberg compatibility checking. Daniel created a migration guide, and in the guide, there were actions and filters, and we were talking about the quality of those as signals for what to check for when, when doing your Gutenberg compatibility checking. And uh, Daniel, right before the break, I was saying that we felt, you know, when we looked at it, like there could be a lot of false positives, but I was just curious, like what your thoughts were in, in relation to the use of those signals for at least what to check for, right? It's not going to tell you that this is broken if, if you notice the use of these things, but rather uh, something to, to consider could be broken. Is that an accurate description of those? Certainly. And from a site owner, you know, host perspective, someone that's working with large number of sites, uh, you know, if there's if there's a hundred filters that we've identified, you know, are incompatible with Gutenberg, but 20% of them represent 80% of the usage cases, then the thinking is, you know, well, our script only re- really needs to check accurately for for those 20 because that'll give us a good enough sense of whether or not um, you know the site is compatible with Gutenberg. And a lot of this too, you know, keep the perspective is, you know, WordPress turned 15 this weekend, right? (laughs) This is like trying to reverse engineer 15 years of software design. Uh, Well, reverse engineer and document um, to to provide a migration path. Uh, So it's, you know, operationally, there's, there's no like master reference documentation they can use. That's called the code base. And as to how this these customization points are being used in the wild, you know, it's kind of like surfing a wave in that there's a lot going on underneath the wave, and I'm just riding right on the top and kind of, uh, you know, seeing what comes up, seeing what uh, I can see. So, Daniel, this is this is Anthony. I have a question about that too. So, if let's say that we we start fixing up plugins and we start. Uh, uh, adapting for Gutenberg, and we we identify. Let's let's go with add media button. It's just the example. Uh, and let's say I, I have a, a wrapper that's a condition for if Gutenberg do this new logic that that is that is good with Gutenberg and and still maintain the old logic. Um, one thing that I've been trying to solve for in in our scripting or in our thinking of scripting this out is how do we avoid false positives in that case? And and the question I have is. Is that the right way to do it? Is putting a wrapper for the old way uh, good? Or should there just be a new approach altogether that's backwards compatible with WordPress? I think a wrapper would be fine. And as far as scripting this out, I would say, you know what, if there's any Gutenberg-related code in the plugin, then I think it's a safe assumption that the author has their eye on Gutenberg and is doing their best to make their plugin compatible. And so I would personally report a plugin like that as compatible with Gutenberg and then let the end user report any specific kind of Gutenberg bugs on their own. Really, you know, on a whole, it's understanding because there's a lot of legacy abandoned code in the WordPress ecosystem. Um, and particularly in cases where, you know, the WordPress site owner, you know, the site may be active and the site owner is using the site quite regularly, but they're dependent, their site is dependent on code that hasn't been updated in three or four or five years. Um, so really kind of, you know, the 
statistical approach in in understanding this problem space kind of in in large numbers and aggregate is is really from the perspective of how much dead code are we dealing with that's not going to be updated at all and and going to be incompatible when WordPress 5.0 shifts. Lots and lots of good information there, Daniel. Um, really interested to hear about the way you approach these problems. And I know you mentioned earlier, you know, we sponsor you in some of this work. So it's good for me to hear that ongoing. But I wanted to make sure in, in today's episode that we kind of covered some of the things you were working on. Um, if people want to read more about your migration guide, is it is it linked off of DanielBachHuber.com? Uh, it should be. I'll make sure to uh, include that link before the episode. Sure. Awesome, cool. So, uh, Bach Huber, spelled B-A-C-H-H-U-B-E-R. So that's two H's in the middle. Um, dot com. If you want to check more about out uh, more about the migration guide. Um, so, Daniel, another couple of quick questions here at the end. Um, any big projects for you on the horizon? I mean, I know you've kind of been digging into the Gutenberg stuff, but like, what's next? Do you have like another WPCLI in queue? Anything you can talk about, or, or are you just kind of tackling what's in front of you? It's it's really Gutenberg right now. I, at the end of last year, you know, I came to I because I had been spending so much time with WPCLI over the years, and it was like I'm ready for a fresh, like really hard challenge. And then it was obvious that you know Gutenberg was it for me. And I you know consider myself quite fortunate that I get to spend a lot of dedicated you know mind time on Gutenberg, and I'm really enjoying that. And to the you know, it, it's like, it's such a huge thorny problem that right now I'm just trying to figure out whatever the most important problem is to focus my attention on and, and focus on, on that first. And uh, eventually we'll get to 70 point or 70% uh, point of confidence and we'll ship it and we'll deal with the fallout and hopefully life will go on after that. Uh, I have but really, it's Gutenberg, Gutenberg, Gutenberg for me right now. <laughs> I think that's the answer to a lot of people's question of what's what's the big thing I'm going to work on next. Gutenberg's probably at the top of a lot of people's list. Well, anyways, uh, thanks for join, joining us on the show today, Daniel. I really enjoyed talking to you and getting to interview you and talk about this stuff. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. If you'd like to learn more about what Daniel is up to, you can check it out at danielbachhuber.com, B-A-C-H-H-U-B-E-R.com. Um, Thanks, everyone, for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download the latest episodes at webmasterradio.fm. Again, this is your host, David Bowlepole, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine. And I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.